the players have made it known, right? Like there are plenty of uh, reports coming out from ESPN about, you know, inside the Bears locker room where you have anonymous players coming out and saying, you know, why are we going to start over? Then we have to like start over towards build, you know, start over with a rookie towards building a Super Bowl contending team. There are players that believe that, like they all believe Justin Fields is a top 10 quarterback. The chemistry, I keep coming back to that because it's going to be a, a, a very difficult decision, I think, for Ryan Poles to make because Caleb Williams is supposed to be a generational talent. But at the same time, nothing is guaranteed. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, along with my good friend, Alyssa Barbieri. It's the Bears Wire podcast powered by the USA Today Network. Alyssa, of course, is the managing editor of the Bears Wire. We appreciate you for hopping on board. We hope you stick around throughout the offseason. Got to be plenty to talk about this offseason with the Bears, and I can't wait to get into it. And of course, subscribe. Tell a friend if you could as, as well. Uh, you can find our show wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, all that good stuff. We really appreciate the support, and I hope you had a happy new year. And same to you, Alyssa. Happy new year. How you feeling about your football team? A lot of good vibes going on right now with your Bears. Yeah, it is a very happy new year. So far, 2024, I cannot complain. I mean, just going out there, the final home game of the season and completely dominating in the snow at Soldier Field in front of the home crowd for what could have been Justin Fields, hopefully not, but could have been Justin Fields' last game along with a few others uh, that are going to be free agents and just an absolute dominating performance. You look the, the duo Justin Fields and DJ Moore lighting it up, the defense continuing to light it up, landing the number one overall pick before the game is even over. Uh, it, it was just magical. Uh, just It's been really good. And then my Michigan Wolverines, you know what? They're going to play in the national championship. So, I mean, <laughs> it's bad. been all sunshine and roses for me. Definitely roses. <laughs> yeah, a very good weekend for Alyssa, of course, uh, especially with, with Michigan winning that ball game. But yeah, I mean, the Bears, not only did they clinch the number one pick, but they outclassed the Falcons, right? Just outclassed them in every fashion, dominated the game. It, it was awesome. It was awesome to see them play that way, continue this like little upward trend we've seen since Fields came back from the injury uh, and still uh, nail down that number one pick uh, from Carolina. I mean, you mentioned the connection between Fields and DJ Moore. It's just lethal and the Bears were able to not only get DJ Moore, but also get the number one pick again. So that was just, you know, Ryan Poles hasn't hit every trade since he became the GM of the Bears, but he hit that one. That was uh, quite a deal uh, for the Bears. And Alyssa, this is this is what we're going to be talking about for the weeks to come, right? The Bears have the number one overall pick again. Uh, you were telling me that the speculation is that the Bears could get, if they decide to trade, they could get three first round picks you know, including a pick swap this year, right? They'll move back in the first round, but get two additional first round picks and possibly another second rounder or a veteran player to go in the deal. Maybe a DJ more type thrown into the deal for a team to move up and draft what we're expecting to be Caleb Williams. Uh, and I think another thing that's been really fascinating coming out of this game here against the Falcons is just the groundswell of support for Justin Fields. Not only the national media is catching on to it, but the fans at Soldier Field chanting his name, his teammates having his back in the locker room. Uh, all of this is making this decision on what the Bears are going to do with the first round pick even more interesting. But give me some takes on this. The Bears first round pick again. They could trade it for a haul uh, or they could draft a, a quarterback and trade Justin Fields for probably a pretty good price, right? Maybe a second round pick I'm hearing. There's other reports out there about that. So 
we're back to this thing. This is something we're going to be talking about. It's so fascinating. And what's your, what's your gut telling you right now? How are you feeling about it today? I mean, I think we can agree that the Bears absolutely fleeced the Panthers. <laughs> Obviously, we'll have to see what how you know what Bryce Young uh, you know goes on to be. But right now, it looks like the Bears just absolutely fleeced the Panthers. Won this trade, you get DJ Moore, who's having a career year. He has thirteen hundred receiving yards, which I think is top seven in the NFL. Um, and then you got Darnell Wright, a part of that trade too. You got Tyreek Stevenson, who just won NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Two guys that are going to be staples on this team. And you still have another second round pick coming from them next year. And so now, oh, and wait, that first round pick that you got last year, it's now number one again. I mean, it's just crazy how this is happening. But it's also like two completely different feelings. Because last year we were here talking about how the Bears got the number one pick and how you know, you're building around Justin Fields. There was no question. Justin Fields was a quarterback going into 2023 and you got to trade that pick. And obviously you helped him out by getting DJ Moore uh, and by getting Darnell right with uh, uh, that first round pick when you traded back. And now it's a little different because I mean, the bears have the option of course of sticking around fields and continuing to build around him. And we've seen how that's worked out so far this year. Uh, or you have the opportunity to go ahead and draft Caleb Williams, I'm assuming would be the move there for the Bears at number one. I mean, it, it's interesting because, I mean, I definitely have my preference. I know you do too. We both want Fields back here in 2024. We want them to keep building around him and to keep building this team because it just it feels like this team is on the cusp of something really special. And that's something that Bears players have also said publicly you know, it's interesting because one of the things I've noticed is just how vocal Fields' teammates have been uh, about keeping him here next year and making sure that he's still part of what they're trying to build. You called it, Ryan. I got to give you props for saying that the Bears were giving you Detroit Lions uh, feels from last year. And it's like the path is eerily similar. It's <laughs> I mean, and you now have the opportunity to go and knock the Packers out of the playoffs in week 18 is just crazy. Um, but yeah, I think when you listen to the players and just how vocal they are about keeping them here, it kind of feels like they understand that they need to make it clear uh, to ownership that they want Fields to be the guy and that they want him to be their leader. DJ Moore has been uh, the most vocal of all of them. And he continues to come out uh, and come out in defense of him. And of course, because DJ Moore is having a career year with him and the chemistry that they have, and they are one of the best statistically. So you can't dispute it. One of the best duos, uh, quarterback wide receiver duos in the NFL. And when you look at what Justin Fields has done since coming back from that right thumb injury, just the growth that he's made as a passer, and he still has that dynamic ability with his legs and how he's grown as a player, how this team has grown around him and the support that he's getting and, you know, talks of Matt Eberflus perhaps coming back. It just feels like, uh, I mean, I know it's not a given, but it feels like to me you need <laughs> to keep fields in place here and continue uh, to build on what could be a very special 2024 season. So, so you're feeling it, Alyssa. You feel like the organization is going to hear the crowd chanting, we want fields. They're going to hear DJ Moore yeah. telling anyone who will listen, that, that this is my quarterback. Great. Like yeah, I could hear it on the broadcast, too which was cool because there were videos on Twitter where you could hear it very loud and, you know, hearing that on the broadcast and, you know, like DJ Moore even referenced it saying, Oh yeah, you know, we could hear it. And we know 
that, you know, where the box that Ryan pulls and Kevin Warren uh, and Ian Cunningham, where they're all at, that they could hear it as well. So the fans are making it known. The players have made it known, right? Like there are plenty of uh, reports coming out from ESPN about, you know, inside the Bears locker room where you have anonymous players coming out and saying, you know, why are we going to start over? Then we have to like start over towards build, you know, start over with a rookie towards building a Super Bowl contending team. There are players that believe that, like they all believe Justin Fields is a top 10 quarterback. The chemistry, I keep coming back to that because it's going to be a, a, a very difficult decision, I think, for Ryan Poles to make because Caleb Williams is supposed to be a generational talent. But at the same time, nothing is guaranteed, right? We saw what, you know, what the Niners did, you know, trading three first round picks to move up and get Trey Lance. That has not worked out. But the 49ers are such a damn good team that, you know, it, it didn't matter. They were so just ridiculous. Like, it was a hiccup. A slight hiccup. And which they find must be nice. They find Purdy and they're like, oh, that's fine. We got Purdy. It's like, what? It's it, it's nice. For the Bears, it sets them back like, you know, multiple decades. Um, <laughs> so it, it's frustrating. Um, well, not, okay. Yeah, no, it's frustrating that, that they could do that. But I mean, there are so many possibilities of, I think, what this team could be in 2024. And I think fields could still continue to grow. And, you know, Ultimately, it's going to come down to whether Ryan Poles thinks that Caleb Williams is a generational talent that he needs to take. And like, if that's the decision he comes to, I'll respect it, um, obviously, because, you know, he's the guy in charge. This is his team. If he feels they can win a championship with Caleb Williams, okay, go out and get him. But I also think for me, just speaking personally, uh, and I guess, thank God I'm not, you know, in this position because it's a difficult one. As a general manager, though, how do you not want to be in this position? What what Ryan Poles has done since he's taken over as GM has been nothing short of incredible. Obviously, he's had he I mean, he's had his shortcomings. Obviously, the Chase Claypool trade is still just god awful. But then you look at that trade for the number one pick and you have another opportunity to do it again. Um but if he does think Caleb Williams is a guy, he's going to make that decision. But I think that they should stick with Justin Fields, continue to build around him. I know that you have an opportunity to reset the quarterback clock on the you know on the rookie deal, and that helps with the salary cap. So you can go out and sign some premium guys. But also, if we if I've learned anything from Ryan Poles so far, it's that he likes to build through the draft. So now you have an opportunity to trade back with this number one pick and get an even bigger haul than you did last year. Like you mentioned three first round picks uh, and uh, another veteran player like DJ Moore. And you look at what he did for this team this year or a second round pick. And then you look at what you could get for that. I mean, there's no telling what this team could be, you know, a year from now, maybe a year from now we're talking about Justin Fields leading them into the playoffs after winning the NFC North. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, this off season, Ryan, it's, it's going to be fun. Be crazy. It's gonna and be we're going to be all over it. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. Uh, we've been on this from the get. We've never, we, we've wanted fields. Um, so I feel a little justified, Alyssa, you know, with, uh, with our takes on the show. We haven't moved off of this. We, we've never believed that um, a rookie quarterback would be better than fields is right now. Uh, maybe down the road, you know, maybe Caleb Williams and Drake Bay are better prospects than fields was coming out of college. That's very possible, but Fields going into year four, um, I think it will be a better player for the Bears. And to your point, I mean, you might be able to have multiple first round picks for for next year, the year after that. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it, it is just really, really fascinating. I thought another thing that was cool 
that I saw on Bears Wire before the Cardinals game was you compiled a bunch of mock drafts before that game. Most had the Bears selecting Caleb Williams at number one at that time, Alyssa, before the Arizona game. Uh, you know, multiple mockers predicted the Bears sticked with field or stuck with fields. I'm sorry, trade down. The the commanders seem to be a popular team now that Sam Howell seems to be falling out of favor. The commanders are sitting there right behind you, pick number two. So another scenario, right? The Bears move down one spot, pick up extra first round picks, let the you know, let the commanders pick whoever they want, and then they have the rest of the board. You know what I mean? So they could get Marvin Harrison Jr., they could get Brock Bowers, they could get whatever they want. Is do they want another offensive lineman? I don't know. They could make that pick. Uh, so all kinds of things, but the consensus from seeing all those mock drafts compiled on bears wire was that nobody had a clue back then. And I still yes. don't think they do. Right. <laughs> because even with fields balling out like he did and just the scene of that game at soldier field with the snow and the crowd chanting his name and him doing the lap, high-fiving everybody, uh, you know, telling the sideline reporter there at the end of the game on the walk-off interview, Alyssa, I'll remember this for the rest of my life. Like, it was a moment, right? It was a moment, but I don't know if that moment will change the Bears. If if the Bears know what they want to do, I don't know if one great game, one great moment against Atlanta in Week 17 of the season will change their mind, right? I I in my gut, I think the Bears know what they're going to do, um, and uh, we'll find out what that decision is because nobody really knows. But uh, you know, it seems like most still expect the Bears to. Uh, to go quarterback here, uh, especially when, as you said, uh, like you said, they could reset the contract, the rookie contract, and they could probably get some good value for Fields if they trade him. A team like Atlanta, I, I think Fields could dominate on Atlanta. Put him out there with Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. I mean, the RPOs you could do with this kid with his running ability. I mean, the Falcons just saw how good Fields is in this game. I mean, could you get the Falcons to to trade a boatload of picks for Justin Fields? They picked ninth, so they have a high, you know, second round pick as well. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think Fields' market would be really fascinating as well. Uh, but I think another layer to this, Alyssa, that nobody seems to be talking about enough is that Caleb Williams, not off to a great start with Bears fans, right? He did like a tweet saying the Bears should stick with Justin Fields and draft Marvin Harrison Jr., right? So uh, dissing the team that clinched the number one overall pick is a bold move. He did this a week before they clinched it, but. I think a little humility would go a long way there for for Caleb. Uh, so if he is the pick, he's going to have some work to do to get on the on the great side of Bears fans. I think with with some of his antics uh, and, and what he's you know tweets he's liking and whatever. But I think the uh, the take here is there is no take, Alyssa. Right? Nobody has a clue. Everybody has a take, but nobody knows what's going to happen. I think the Bears know what they're going to do. Uh, but is it going to be keeping Fields or not? I have no freaking clue, and we're just going to have to sit here on the with the popcorn in our hands and try to you know wait and see what happens, right? It's it's going to be fun, but like you said, we're going to be all over it. Let me ask you this: as I ramble to uh, no no point whatsoever, uh, Matt Eberflus, you mentioned this reports coming out before that Falcons game that he's expected back as head coach of the Bears. I think it's a big story. I think this is a great underdog story. I think we should have a documentary about this, about Everflute saving his job because boy, were there times during this season where it looked like he was done, uh, but he is expected back. What does that mean? Does that, can we get anything to, can that tell us any hints, Alyssa, about the future of fields, the future of Luke Getze, who's also on the hot seat, right? A lot of uncertainty there as well, all up for debate. Like, 
is what does Eberflus back tell us? Is does it hint at anything regarding the quarterback or the offensive coordinator? What do you think? I mean, like you said, I have absolutely no idea what the Bears are going to do with the number one pick at quarterback with Matt Eberflus with Lou Getze with Ryan Poles. I mean, because I mean, it sounds like he's safe, but I mean, you never know. But my gut tells me that if they are opting to stick with Matt Eberflus, that they would that they're considering or that they would stick with Justin Fields. How many times, and we've talked about it repeatedly on this podcast, where it's this endless cycle where the Bears have a coach, they draft a rookie quarterback, uh, and then the coach is fired, and then the new head coach inherits a quarterback, and it goes on and on and on, and you want to get them on the same timeline. So if you want to start over with Caleb Williams, let's tear the whole damn thing down and just start over. But at the same time, I think... I think the other thing that's made this really difficult outside of just Justin Fields and how he's improved is what the team is building. And I think that also goes back to harkens back to Matt Eberflus too. I think you could say for both Fields and Eberflus that you look at what the bears are building at something special and everyone's a part of it and everyone plays their part that I don't know would getting rid of Matt Eberflus have an impact on that, on the chemistry. The guys love him. There was this one clip, I think he was mic'd up for the Cardinals game, where Eberflus has a nickname for every single player. <laughs> um, and it's just, you can tell how much they love him. And again, it comes back to the locker room chemistry and just what the team is building. They really feel like, I think Jaquan Brisker said it on, the, on uh, 670 The Score this week, where he has this belief that they can be dangerous next season if you bring if you keep everyone together. And I think that obviously we kind of read into that about being about Justin Fields, but maybe it's about Matt Eberflus too. Um, I don't think that they would probably feel the same way about Luke Getze. I mean, that's just my hunch. Um, but I mean, Matt Eberflus and what he's been able to do, like you said, the documentary on this, my goodness, <laughs> if the Bears, and again, this is a big if because they haven't made the playoffs for a while either. But like, for, let's just say that Matt Eberflus finds a way to lead this Bears team in, in a few years to a Super Bowl championship. Could you imagine that documentary <laughs> on Netflix or whatever? Just back in week three, and I was just screaming, get rid of him now after week four. Fire him right after that Thursday night game if they lose. And look at what he has done with this team. Uh, he obviously getting Montez Sweat has been a big part of it, but but he's been a good, a big part of it as well. And what he's done with this defense, because that was the missing link too last year, right? When you looked at, you know, with obviously the offense, but then the defense was just so bad and it was such a bad look for Matt Eberflus because he was a defensive guy, but he didn't really have his hand on the defense. And then you kind of got caught the glimpse this year. Once you took over for Allen Williams, just what he's been able to do and how special this unit is. So I think that when we're talking about Justin Fields' future and Matt Eberflus' future, that I think it also comes down to, and this is something Ryan Pohl said he's going to have conversations with everyone, uh, and same with Kevin Warren. So and Kevin Warren's always talking with everyone, like it, you know, players, people on the sideline, all that. Uh, I think it's going to ultimately come down to, you know, do you want to keep this what they have going, this special thing that they believe that they are on the cusp of achieving in 2024, like the Lions. Right. You know, you saw the Lions rolled everything back. Right. It's not like they just decided to get rid of Jared Goff after that uh, and everything. I know it's two completely different situations, but 
they brought everyone back because when, especially if they go out on Sunday and beat the Packers and you end your season like that, I don't understand, especially when you have, I know now I'm getting back to fields, but like when you have players kind of coming out and saying this, that we don't run a rookie quarterback, that we want fields here and just like how passionate they are about that. How do you, how do you go out and draft a rookie quarterback? How do you mess this up and start it over? And then you just completely lose the magic that you had. So, I mean, I think that's also making it a difficult decision for Ryan Poles as well. But again, if he's that convicted in with, you know, Caleb Williams and really believes that he is going to be a Patrick Mahomes type of guy, I I understand him and he should make the move if that's what he believes. Because so far, outside of the Chase Claypool move, really, I mean, he's done a really good job of building this team and making these calls, especially in the draft. He's made some really good moves. So I guess we're going to have to trust him. And I think that also is true if, if he decides to keep Matt Eberflus. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Eberflus, I'm not sure he's a great, I'm not convinced yet that he's a great head coach, Alyssa, but I think he kind of hit his stride when he just could focus on the defense. You know what I mean? When he took over for Alan Williams, he could do his thing. He could do his thing that he did back in Indianapolis and it's working. And if the players love him and it's working, uh, I, I'm totally on board with them keeping the head coach. But, you know, for the record, coming out of that Browns game, I was calling for his job. And, and yep. I think you were too. And I think it's easy to poke holes in his resume. Like, I know the Bears are hot right now. They're playing, I mean, they might be the best defensive football right now. It's like, it's that good. You know, it's just been unbelievable the turnaround because the defense was so bad, as you said earlier. Uh, they've won five of seven, um, five wins, seven games. They could have won seven straight right now because they probably should have beat the Lions and should have beat the Browns. And that's part of the reason why we're down on Eberflus, right? They've lost these games. They should have won, although they are playing better football. But, you know, you go back that 28-7 game at home. They lost to Denver in week four. I mean, that one dropped the Bears to 0-4. Alyssa, we talked at the time that had Chicago not had a Thursday night game against Washington the next week, which to Eberflus's credit and maybe saved him, they won 40-20. to had they not won that Thursday night game, I mean, he might not have survived the first couple of months of the season. Uh, that's just that's just fact, right? We all thought it was headed that way anyway. Um, the defense back then, like you said, was as bad as we've seen <laughs> in a long time. Worse than football by far at the time. Then there was that awkward dismissal of defensive coordinator Alan Williams, like, like you hit on. Uh, we had the comments from Justin Fields that he was thinking too much on the field, not feeling like himself, and that was probably the coaching playing a role in that, right? That was a, a huge story at the time. And entering that second Thursday night football game against Carolina, the Bears were 2-7, and seven, and we were all having serious conversations about the Bears blowing out the entire coaching staff, drafting, drafting Caleb Williams, and maybe even Marvin Harrison, right? Back then it was, man, we got a shot at the top two picks in the draft here with Carolina and, and, the, and the Bears, we could get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. That was what people were talking about back then. So I think the, the fact that the Bears have gone on this run, it's obviously a positive. There's obviously something brewing here. I could feel it too. I actually felt it after the Vikings game. I said, I, there's a little something here. That's when I started comparing the, the Bears to the Lions, right? You called your uh, shot. I did. I did. And, and I just took it a little too far. I, I predicted my boldest prediction was that they'd stay in the playoff hunt till this week. So like the Lions did because the Lions got eliminated earlier in that Sunday and then still beat the Packers anyway. So that's what I was rooting for. It didn't quite happen, Alyssa, but I got close, right? Game. Yep, I got the close. I blame Eberflus for it, by the way. 
should have won one of those games against the Lions or the Bear- Browns. But anyway. That's uh, the thing, too. Like you, like, you were talking about it. Like, as you're talking, it's interesting. Like, this thought occurred to me where we're going over, like, those blown losses, right? Because I think that was the hallmark of Matt Eberflus. And a big reason why I I was good to move on, and I'm good to move on from him, just because, you know, they weren't able to close out those games. And if they were able to close out those three games, they are – in the NFC North lead right now because they would have swept the Lions. They're in a playoff spot. At, at what point are you talking about getting rid of the quarterback if you're now in the playoffs and you've won your division? So I yep. think it just like it would have flipped everything. It would have changed everything. Not not only Matt Eberflus's future and Luke Getzi's, but Justin Fields's as well. And then you still have the number one pick. Like it, it's crazy how those three games, those three blown leads in the fourth quarter just changed everything and it really does when you look at that they they should have a winning record they should be leading the nfc north right now probably with a chance to go out and beat the packers to win the division this week and i think that again you look at what they're building and if they can we've seen in the last two weeks i think that's important too against the cardinals and the falcons they were able to close out those fourth quarter leads granted they're against teams that don't have a winning record I think that's the next step, but I think that they're showing progress now that you can close out those games. It started with the Lions, the second Lions game, and now you've done it in consecutive weeks. And it'll be interesting to see if this game on Sunday is close in any way. If, I mean, my goodness, if they're carrying a 10 point lead against the Packers, I'm going to be so wet. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Sure. Um, I just, it would be crazy if, if that happens. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. They should, they should be a winning team in the playoffs right now, Ryan. Yeah, no, they should be on a seven-game win streak right now, right? Oh Locking down playoff positioning if with a win over the Packers. That's that's where they should be. They're not. I think if you had a more experienced head coach who was in better command of the fourth quarter and in better command of the offense and how you know the offense is you know functioning with a lead, I think you'd be there. Uh, so that's a negative on Eberflus in my book. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago coming out of the Browns game, and I'm I'm not going to backtrack on it. Uh, another negative is. You look at the wins on, you know, you look at the whole resume this season for Eberflus. Your wins were against Washington and Sam Howell, Las Vegas and Brian Hoyer, Carolina and Bryce Young, Minnesota and Josh Dobbs, Detroit, really good team, but Jared Goff sucks on the road and he sucks in cold weather on the road, especially. I love the spot. I picked the Bears outright in that game and they did win it. Uh, the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, I kind of like the Cardinals a little bit, but he has no weapons. And now the Falcons and Taylor Heineke. Like, again, I don't want to like throw a wet blanket on the Bears season. Alyssa, I I feel the vibes. I think there's something brewing here. I think they're one of the better football teams right now. As at this point in the season, they're one of the better football teams in the NFC. Uh, That's not even up for debate. Uh, But they haven't exactly beat a bunch of world beaters (laughs) either. You know what I mean? Like, so I think the Eberflus thing, his resume as a whole. Looks like a guy that you probably shouldn't retain. But I think if the locker room is such a, we know Ryan Poles, uh, we've seen these guys are in the locker room post game. Like they, they go down to that level. They're, they're around the players. They see it, right? They see it with their own eyes. They hear what the players are saying. Like DJ Moore said that stuff to the uh, reporters about Justin Fields' Houdini act. And then Eberflus talked about it at the podium with the reporters the next day, right? He's like, oh, what did DJ say? The Houdini? So like, yeah, they all listen. They know what each other are saying, but they hear it, right? Pulse knows what the players are saying about Fields. They know it, and he knows what they're saying about Eberflus as well. If he feels the magic's there in the room for Eberflus, 
he's got to feel it for Fields too, right? I, I I agree. I think if you're bringing it back with Eberflus, I understand the decision. You got to run it back with the quarterback too, right? So I don't know. I don't know if it's 51, 49% Alyssa, but I do feel like it's a little <laughs> bit better. I think it's a slightly better chance, better odds in our book at least, right? That they're going to run it back with Fields and Eberflus and then maybe evaluate at least Getsy um, because I, I would love to see a new offensive coordinator come in, but hey, if it's rolling with him, if they beat the Packers, maybe you just run it all back, right? Uh, so you mean with what the do you Packers think? spy? Yeah. <laughs> 51, 49%, 51% they bring it all back. I'll, I'll lead 51% because like, I mean, I believe that it, I think there are so many people like so-called experts like nationally out there that are just so dead set. No, 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 no. They're, they're drafting Caleb Williams. Like, okay, well, you're no one knows, like like we have mentioned on this show, but I think it's a very real possibility. And Justin Fields has made it a difficult decision. And that says something, not just Fields, but also his teammates and what they're saying. Because it, it's one thing, because I remember back with Trubisky, there are people, you know, defending him as teammates. That's what you do. That's your guy, that's your brother. But how vocal that these that fields as teammates have been about this since I don't know when they were being asked questions about it, probably at least a month ago. Mm-hmm. So they've been, especially DJ Moore is getting tired of it. He's just like, like, what do you else you want me? Like, what do you want me to say? He's my guy. <laughs> like he's, he's him. He's TV one. I want him back. How many different ways can I say it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what else do you want me to say? Like, I mean, they're very vocal. They're very loud and passionate about it. And there, I really think that locker room chemistry, when you have something special like that, and the last time the Bears had something special like that was in 2018, like that, that locker room chemistry, like that's not something that's, that's prevalent a lot. And it, it's not easy to attain, obtain, especially for these Bears teams, or especially in the Matt Eberflus era as well. So I think once you have it, like how, how do you, how do you mess it up? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, we'll see, cause like a lot of people, when they talk about fields, especially, in his future, it's like, okay, well, you have the opportunity to reset the rookie deal and all oh, you're going to have to pay fields. And technically you wouldn't even have to pay him and, you know, for another three years potentially, because obviously he has his fourth year next year is going to cost $6 million, very affordable. Uh, and then you can use his fifth year option, which right now is an estimated 23 million or so. And then you could also use the franchise tag the next year if you want to. So you're not so passing on Caleb Williams doesn't mean that you couldn't decide to go out and draft a quarterback next year. Like, I mean, that's still a possibility. But I think if you're deciding to bring that Eberflus back, you have to run it back with Fields as well, because otherwise it's going to be the same old story. And I'm choosing to believe with Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, they're not going to make the same mistakes that people that the people in the past had, that Ted Phillips and that Ryan Pace have made in the past. So, I mean, we'll see, but like, I think I'm going to, I'll say 51% instead of 49 that they're going to run it back with both Eberflus and fields. I like it. I'm with you. I'm rooting for it. I'll be sad if they move on from fields, but I'll still be really intrigued. It's just like, it's just so watch him go fascinating. Off. Uh, if he gets if traded to, do, a, I want him to go off so much, trade him to Atlanta, just go and ball out, trade him to Atlanta. Atlanta will dominate with him. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine Fields with Bijan Robinson, the two of them standing next to each other? Oh, and you got oh Kyle Pitts at tight end and Drake London on the outside. I mean, forget so it. So you're telling me that weapons help a quarterback? <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Because like outside of DJ Moore and Cole Komet, 
Like, I mean, that's the thing too with, with, if, with this first round, this, sorry, this number one pick, you could trade that back and acquire so much more draft capital and you could go out and get Marvin Harrison Jr. Or, or you get Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze. Like, I mean, you can go out and get another top wideout or Brock Bowers. Like, go continue to add weapons like Absolutely. around the quarterback and watch good things happen. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And they will. Uh, and you saw it. I mean, they added DJ Moore and the offense looks way more explosive uh, and just keep adding, keep adding to it. But we'll see. I mean, the more, the more momentum, the field staying with Chicago builds, the more fields is potential trade market builds. And it just gets really fascinating. And again, nobody knows what's going to happen. We're at 59, uh, sorry, 51, 49% at the moment. Uh, and we will see what happens. I, I, I do believe that if polls, what you, I agree with everything you said, Alyssa, about polls, like if he, if he believes that Caleb Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes, he already knows that. And he already has a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he either thinks that he's got the next generational guy, but if he doesn't think he has Patrick Mahomes, I can't imagine he's going to let fields get away. But, um, and yeah, into the contract stuff too, like, give me a break. They can make the salary cap work. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear about, oh, we'll be in cap jail because we keep Justin Fields. Give me a break. You can figure that out too. All right. We do have a ball game to get to. Not an amount oh, of, that's right. I'm out of breath. Uh, Bears, <laughs> Packers, week 18, Lambeau Field. Let's dive into this one. But hey, speaking of week 18, Alyssa, if you're a crazy person and you still have fantasy football playoffs going on in week 18, and my, my question to you would be, why? Why are you still playing fantasy in week 18? Like if you, if Lamar Jackson, Alyssa, has carried you to the fantasy football championship, he might not play this week against the Steelers. So what's the freaking point of that? But hey, some people are still playing fantasy football right now. There are daily fantasy leagues you can get it, you know, get into. We have one more week of advice from Corey Bonini. I want to thank Corey and the huddle.com for joining us for another season this year. Here's Corey's week 18 projections, the the guys you want to target. And then Alyssa and I will be right back to talk about the cheese heads. Be right back. <laughs> While most championships were won and lost last Sunday evening, plenty of formats live on. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for Week 18. Quarterback Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts versus Houston Texans. These two teams will be fighting for their playoff lives come Saturday night. Minshew has multiple passing touchdowns in only two of his last six games, but the matchup against Houston should allow him to throw the ball, and Indy has the weapons to get him into low-end quarterback number one territory. The Texans have allowed the third most fantasy points per game above expectation to quarterbacks this season, so Minshew is a fine streaming option if you're still going in Week 18 action. Running back Tony Pollard, Dallas Cowboys at Washington Commanders. Pollard hasn't scored in four straight contests and has posted more than 7.7 fantasy points in only one of those games. He had a fine outing in Week 12 versus the Commanders, generating 22.3 fantasy points, which was his best day of the year. In the last five weeks, Washington has yielded the most fantasy points, rushing yards, and overall yards to the position per game, and no defense has given up rushing touchdowns at a higher rate in that time. This looks like a quality get-right game for Pollard. Wide receiver George Pickens, Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore Ravens. While the running game stole the headlines in week 17. Pickens delivered a second straight big performance, turning in a season-high seven receptions into 131 yards. He had a nearly identical effort in Pittsburgh's week five win over Baltimore, catching six passes for 130 in a score. With the Ravens likely to prioritize health this Saturday, Pickens has ample upside with the big arm Mason Rudolph starting at quarterback. Tight end Cole Komet, Chicago Bears at Green Bay Packers. Komet wasn't even targeted last week, so it's understandable if recency bias has you feeling a certain way about his week 18 stock. Green Bay has given up the 10th fewest catches per game since week 12, but tight ends 
have scored at the third highest frequency versus this defense in that time frame. And that's the main reason to take a gamble here. In PPR scoring, Komet went for 9.4 points in the week one meeting, and that should be roughly his floor if he sees at least five targets. Thanks for sticking with us through another action-packed fantasy season. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. We've reached week 18, Alyssa. Lambeau Field, late afternoon window. Packers, of course, three-point favorites. They enter this game in control of their own destiny, right? They're in the seventh spot right now. If they win, they're in. It's that simple. If they lose to the Bears, they will most likely be out. Um, There's some scenarios where I guess they could get in with a loss, but it's really complicated, and it probably won't happen. So for Eberflus, Fields, the Bears, the, the whole crew, the crew that wants to keep the band together, what an opportunity, right? This is the win you need. You go beat the Packers at Lambeau Field. You finish the season tied with them. It's a whole nother story going into you know 2024, right? And it's a whole nother... That's, you want to send another message to the front office, the guys sitting in the booth, Kevin Warren and those guys hearing the chants for Fields. Beat the Packers. Beat the Packers at Lambeau Field. That'll send the message, right? But uh, a huge opportunity for the whole crew. What do you think, Alyssa? How you feeling? I, I think you, you mentioned earlier that you're, you can't pick the Bears because you're scarred. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, I've been waiting for this week since we came on this podcast after that week one loss and just how, oh my gosh, it, it's, it's been too long. I'm ready for this game. I think that the Bears are going to be ready for this game. Uh, unlike they, like they weren't in week one, like they just kind of showed up and the fans were more prepared uh, than the Bears were, it seemed. But <laughs> yeah, I think that when you look at what this team has done uh, in the last several weeks and including winning five consecutive home games, I know they're on the road uh, going five and one uh, in their last six games. It's just incredible. And the defense is dominating and they're really fine and clicking now that everyone's healthy and you got Montez sweat. Uh, And then on offense, I know they're a little banged up right now, uh, but DJ Moore should be good to go. So I think uh, that's the most important thing for Justin Fields. We'll see. Uh, I know Cole Komet is still battling um, that knee injury and Darnell Wright is still in concussion protocol. So it's, but this game, I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than this when you see that it's in the late window, all the marbles, everything on the line for the Packers and the Bears have the opportunity to play spoiler. This could not have been set up more perfectly. We were talking about it even before the show when you originally had made your prediction that you believe the bears are going to kind of be the lions from last year or resemble them. And I was like, yeah, right. Uh, And no, you completely called it. They really are just, they're just like hitting their stride now. And the confidence that they're playing with, I think that's going to go a long way in in a game like this because the Packers also uh, have hit their stride. They're coming off that big one against the Vikings that kept their playoff hopes alive. Uh, So this is an opportunity for the bears to redeem themselves after that just atrocity that was week one and getting blown out at home. And it's not going to be easy though. (laughs) It's not going to be easy. Um, Like, like you said, and I told you before the show, I'm not picking the bears to win this game just because I'm not going to pick them until they prove that they can. They have an opportunity to breaking nine game losing streak against green Bay. They have not beaten the Packers since December 16, 2018 when they won the NFC North. And it was a completely different time. That was the last time also, Ryan, 
that they had a team that had the kind of chemistry that we're seeing from this unit right now. So that's why I'm feeling confident. I'm not going to outright pick them, but I don't think we see a repeat of week one. It has not been good for the Bears, obviously, in this rivalry, Alyssa. <laughs> um, it has not been good for Fields. He's 0-5 against Green Bay. Uh, 0-1 now against Jordan Love. If you go back to week one, uh, Jordan Love closing in on a 4,000-yard season, 34 total touchdowns, 11 interceptions, really young team around him. Sorry, Bears fans. He doesn't suck. He's, he's pretty good. I don't think either quarterback sucks in this game. Fields and Love, I think, pretty good little battle. Um, hopefully it's not the last time they go head to head as Bears and Packers, but uh, the Bears, Alyssa, some trends that aren't looking great for them. 18, 28 and three against the spread in the division since the beginning of 2021, 36% cover rate for the Bears. Not great. <laughs> not very good. Uh, and, and like you said, Green Bay, nine straight wins in, in the rivalry. But we've been talking a lot about my predictions, right, Alyssa? And I have not got them all right. Um, for instance. Back when the Bears played the Panthers on that Thursday night game, I said that was their Super Bowl because of the number one overall pick. <laughs> I said, you got to beat the Panthers. That's the Super Bowl. Forget about week 18. That's not the Super Bowl, but this game is way bigger, right? This feels way bigger now. Uh, you know, We're talking about major, major ramifications if you win this game. We're talking about the Bears a lot differently heading into the offseason. But I did say back in the preseason, week one, you'll remember this. You were really mad at me when we previewed week one against the Packers. I said that I think the Bears are going to lose. They were favored too, right? They were favored at home in the game. And I said, I think the Bears are going to lose. And I'm going to quote myself, Alyssa. I said, and I think it's going to be a miserable day at Soldier Field. That's what I said. And uh, unfortunately, I was right about that one. But I haven't been right. I wasn't right about that Panthers game that because I did not necessarily see the Bears having this amazing ride to the end of the year until I didn't feel it until after the Vikings game. But I also said back in the preseason, Alyssa, that week 18, I was going to pick the bears, right? I said, week one, I'm picking the Packers, but week 18, I had a feeling in the preseason that I'll feel a lot better about it in week 18. And I'm going to stick with it. Okay. I think the bears are hot. And I think the Packers are just too bad on defense right now for me not to take the points in this matchup. Right. I think the bears cover, and I think they'll have a chance to win this game outright. I think it'll be a really good battle and it'll be dramatic, right? The Bears, they desperately want to beat the Packers. They definitely want that thing, right? And the Packers are fighting for their playoff lives. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be great theater. And I don't think it's going to be a repeat of week one. I think this is going to be a real game. I think the Bears are hot. Like I said, the Packers suck on defense. Suck. And that's actually why you got to give Jordan Love even more credit because he's kind of carrying this team when he, he can't count on his defense right now. The Bears can count on their defense and their offense is hot and their quarterback is hot. And I think the Bears will be right in this game with a chance to win it. I'm definitely taking the three points. Thank you. I'll take the points. I'm not worried about the Bears going in a hostile envi- environment in the cold or anything like that, right? We're not a dome team here in Chicago, right? We can handle the, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Not worried about it. And I think the Bears will have just as much opportunity in this game as the Bears. I think they're better equipped to play this team than they were in week one. They've kind of figured out the new pieces. Never mind the fact that they've added new pieces on defense, right? So I've got good vibes going into this one. I'm I'm picking the Bears. I'm taking the points. And I think they can win it outright. So there you go, Alyssa. How's that for being consistent? Going way back to the preseason. I appreciate that. 
I appreciate that. It, it's interesting because um, today we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, by the way. Matt Eberflus uh, was talking about uh, the rivalry uh, and he was downplaying it. Uh, or was it Monday? It's one of the press conferences. Oh, you'll learn someday, Matt. You'll, you'll learn someday not to downplay it. Yeah, no, he, he was just kind of like, no, we're not making like he was asked about the rivalry because obviously, you know, that, that's going to be a question that, that you're asked every time you're playing in, in a rivalry game like of this one, the Bears Packers, especially in this kind of situation with everything on the line for Green Bay. And he was just kind of downplaying it, making it about us. And I think kind of just really keeping his team focused. And we'll see if that if that pays off, I think kind of looking back from what I can remember, because I have not rewatched that game. I don't want to rewatch that week one game, but I think now I completely agree with what you said about how I think they're better equipped to handle and to face this Packers team in week 18. And especially when you look at just the complete transformation of this defense, because that's going to be key here, right? Like you said, the Packers defense is not so good. I think Justin Fields and this offense, whether it's through, you know, through the air on the ground, have an opportunity to get the job done. They just need to protect the football. And it's going to come down to the Bears defense against the Packers offense. And one thing they weren't able to do in week one was rattle Jordan Love. And we've seen this season what happens when you rattle Jordan Love. I think back to that uh, Raiders game on Monday Night Football. Uh, just what happens when you can do that to any quarterback, really, let's be honest, uh, especially a young one like like Love. So this is going to be a big opportunity, a big game for this Bears pass rush, I think. Um, and uh, obviously, you Jalen Johnson is a little banged up, too. He hurt his shoulder against the Falcons, so that's going to be something to monitor throughout the week here. But Tyreek Stevenson has just been one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL for the last He's awesome. He's really coming to his own, just really impressive. And other guys uh, like Jervon Dexter had a couple of sacks last week. And Terrell Smith stepped in for Jalen Johnson when he went down, and he's been solid. Uh, Zach Pickens. I mean, like they really have some solid rookies and a really young ascending secondary because obviously Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, second-year players have just been playing lights out as well. And that defensive front, those linebackers, don't give me, especially TJ Edwards. I mean, I think that this defense is going to – I think that this team is going to be ready this time. I think after that week one game, it was, I think they were kind of shell-shocked like fans were like what just happened what, like they just I, I don't understand this and now I think this time around they're going to come out ready to face this team and to prove that they're a team that should be in the playoffs even though technically they are eliminated so I I am feeling optimistic about this week but like I said I'm not going to pick them because you got to beat them first I already mm -hmm. did that in week one I picked the Bears I went against my rule Ryan and yep. it didn't work out so I'm going back to it uh, but yeah, I am feeling optimistic. Like you said, completely agree. I think this team is better equipped to handle them. Uh, we'll see. This is going to be a big game too for Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze too, right? So huge, huge. Luke Getze, the Packers spy. <laughs> it's about time he puts that into good use for us. Okay, Luke, let's go. But yeah. Be a double agent. Come on, Luke, help us out. I totally get it. I mean, I, I get why fans were so stunned going into week one. I mean, the Bears, of course, were favored. They were a better team on paper than they were the year prior. There was all these unknowns surrounding the Packers with Jordan Love stepping in and, and Rodgers gone. You could just feel it. Like, you could just feel it coming. It was week one. Lots to be unexpected, but still, you're the Bears and you were coming off a bad season and you had all these new pieces that needed to come together. It's it, 
it's a that was a tough game to start. That was a tough game to start the year with those expectations and everything just coming together. That's why I was I was fearful of the matchup coming in. But you're a different team now, and and hopefully we see that uh, in this game at Lambeau Field. Huge game for Matt Eberflus. Huge game for for Fields, Getze, all of them. I mean, a big thing about this week, Alyssa. A big thing that's been really fun. You know, if you're following the Bears, is that the visuals of Fields and, and Soldier Field. What people are saying about the Bears, what they're saying about your quarterback. Well, they're not going to be saying nice things if you get blown out by the Packers and if Fields, you know, gets buried in this game and you know what I mean? you're not competitive, right? Uh, people will be saying different things about you next week. So. I hope for the Bears that they go out there, they battle, they stay in this game, they play well, and they have a chance to win at the end, right? I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay beats them. Maybe Green Bay is just better than you right now, but uh, I, I, I hopefully for the Bears' sake, for Eberflus, for Fields, they're ready to go out there and prove that they're not going anywhere, right? And this is the time to do it. So really fun. I'm looking forward to this game, Alyssa. This is going to be a fun one. And then it's on to uh, the 2024 offseason. Fun. I love that you can say fun. Fun. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I've ever used the word fun to describe any Bears Packers viewing experience going into a game. I'm just always nervous. But must yeah. see TV. I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be fun. I can't wait for this game. I can't wait for this one. I can't wait for Bills Dolphins on Sunday night too, with all the drama that one can can bring. The Bills could win and be the number two seed or lose and miss the, the playoffs entirely. <laughs> you know, depending on what kind of what kind of scenarios play out in the early windows and. Really, for the Bills, it's it's not looking great for them. Odds-wise, they just have to win the game. If they lose, they might miss the playoffs. Uh, so craziness. There's all kinds of craziness that happens in Week 18, right? But the Bears are right in the middle of it. This is a this is a big ball game for them, um, and especially for you know your team that wants to keep the band together. You want Justin Fields. You love Eberflus. You know, then go prove it against the Packers and Lambeau Field when they are trying to make the playoffs. Go play spoiler. Uh, it's such a great storyline, but. Alyssa, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens in this game. I'm excited to see what, what comes next in the offseason. There's going to be so much uh, to dive into. Uh, the Bears might be the most fascinating team in the world uh, as we head into the offseason. And I, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, start launching into another offseason with you. This is the end of our fourth regular season. We've done way over, we're, we're at like 120 episodes in now to the podcast since 2020, uh, 2020, I'm sorry. So it's been a fun ride, but I'm, you know, I'm really excited to get on the 2024 with you. Let's go. Yeah. We've come a long way since Mitch Trubisky, Nick yeah. Foles <clears throat> to Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. I mean, like this is a much better uh, conundrum to be in, <laughs> yep, right? Yep. Pick between Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or Mr. Bisky or Nick Foles. <laughs> it's true. So many, <laughs> so many like takes on Nick Foles. Yeah, it was, uh, it was wild. Yeah. Never mind the fact when our first year recording the pod, we uh, would start and stop about a hundred times every time we recorded one. Now we just go right through, <laughs> you know, every time. So that's, that's good too. Yeah, you know, We've, we've learned a lot. We've come a long way over the four years as well doing this, right? So uh, yeah, no, it's been uh, a pleasure. It's been a blast and I'm excited to uh, continue it. So for Alyssa, I'm Ryan. Thanks as always for joining us, uh, especially if you're listening all the way through to the pod. We appreciate you. Tell a friend or family member if you could spread the word. Let people know we're not going anywhere. We're going to be covering the crap out of this team throughout the offseason. We hope you stick around, including next week. We'll be back to break down Bears, Packers and look ahead. Can't wait. We'll talk to you then. And as always, bear down. Thank you.